Creative Babble. Hey guys, John and I here. You haven't heard from us in a long time, but that's because we've been working on season four of Criminal Conduct. But in the meantime, John Taylor has been working on a project for his other podcast, Twisted. Yeah, I've got a seven-part series about Rebecca Barsati. It's a woman who died in Montana, and her case is still technically unsolved. And just working with her family and trying to come to some kind of resolution as to what happened and what exactly is going on in this rural county in the middle of Montana. So today, we are going to play that first episode of Twisted. And to listen to the rest of it, of course, you have to go listen to it on the Twisted feed. So find that wherever you get your podcast. But stick around to the end of the episode, because we're going to play you a clip of Criminal Conduct Season 4, Getting Away with Murder. Opinions, by their very nature, are not facts. They cannot be proven right or wrong. None of the individuals mentioned in this podcast series are official suspects or persons of interest unless they have been identified as such by the appropriate law enforcement entity. The use of allegedly, supposedly, and other similar words are designed to indicate a lack of commitment or a less than definitive nature associated with the assertion. Also, some of the episodes in this series may have a disproportionate amount of profanity. David is a playwright. He is a storyteller. And David can create the scene ahead of time and tell you all about it. And four weeks later, it happens and you're going, how in the heck did he know this? And I told them, I said, my best description of David is a squirrel. I said, because you see a squirrel run up a tree and then it hops from branch to branch to branch to branch and you forget what tree that squirrel started at. And then you can't find him because he's jumped to another branch. This is Twisted, where we pontificate and philosophize while attempting to unravel the intricacies of true crime. Many of our discussions relate to criminal acts and objectionable behavior. Listener discretion is advised. This is episode 181 of the Twisted Podcast. I'm your host, John Taylor. Twisted is a semi-monthly true crime podcast that mixes in interviews with in-depth research and analysis to unravel the intricacies of true crime. This is the first of a seven-part podcast series. If you'd like to listen to all the episodes at once, they are available to Tier 2 Patreon subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash twistedpodcast and select Tier 2 to listen. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash twistedpodcast to download and listen to all the episodes right now. On the afternoon of July 20th, 2021, a family of tourists from Oregon stopped off at a rest area along Interstate 90 in Montana near mile marker 71. 
the family came upon a beach towel and personal items in a sandy area near the Clark Fork River. The family found sunglasses, cell phone, dog leash and collar, credit card, and a driver's license in the name of Rebecca Barsati. However, there was no one in the area. Concerned that something may have happened to her and her dog, one of the individuals called 911 and reported a missing person. The Montana Highway Patrol responded to the call, but after doing a cursory search of the area, they called in the local Mineral County Sheriff's Office, who they believed had jurisdiction. The following day on the Mineral County Sheriff's Office Facebook page, it noted that Rebecca Barsati was last seen at the town pump in Superior, Montana, but that her vehicle and personal items were found at a rest stop by the river near Alberton. The town pump is a gas station and convenience store in the small town of Superior, Montana. Three days later, on July 24th of 2021, Mineral County Sheriff Michael Toth released a lengthy statement on Facebook regarding Rebecca's case and their efforts to find her. It said in part, quote, I reached out Wednesday morning to Two Bear Air out of Flathead County to help us search the Clark Fork River from Superior to where we believed she possibly went into the water. They took a deputy up with them because I want one of my deputies on every part of the search. Then, on Thursday, Missoula County Sheriff's Office scuba team, along with their search and rescue boat crew, and Frenchtown Fire came out. We also brought dogs that are trained to smell for people in the water. Unquote. Officially, the Sheriff's Office and other entities aggressively searched for Rebecca. But Sheriff Toth conveyed a different tone to local reporters. In an article in the local Missoulin newspaper published on July 22, 2021, just two days after Rebecca went missing, the paper quoted Sheriff Toth as saying they treated this as a recovery mission. This was a polite way of saying they thought Rebecca and her dog were already dead. The following day, another news article quoted Sheriff Toth where he speculated that Rebecca's body was likely trapped under rocks in the river. Yet his official press releases and statements on the Sheriff's Department's Facebook page conveyed the image of them searching to find someone who may still be alive. Pretty early on, the Mineral County Sheriff's Office acted as if they knew exactly what happened. It went something like this. Prior to the Oregon tourists arriving, Rebecca Barsati was training her dog, Cerberus, how to swim and retrieve sticks from the Clark Fork River. Her dog got caught up in the current, and Rebecca jumped in to save him. The current washed them both downriver, which resulted in them likely drowning. It was an unfortunate river accident. Here is Sheriff Mike Toth talking about the day Rebecca went missing during a county commissioner's meeting several months later. This all happens like around 5 at night. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's getting dark. Deputies go out there with high patrol. They search the banks. They don't see anything. They then, they see the stuff that they get called about. There's some things I can't talk about, but they're well aware of it. They've been briefed on it. We've briefed the family on everything. There's items that lead us to believe that she went into the water. There was no suicide whatsoever in this. So I don't know where that came, but there's no suicide whatsoever. The reason the dog is, that is the water, dog was playing in the water. We have, we have evidence to show the dog at one point was in the water playing with a stick. So that's where everything's pointing to the river because we've got items that are neatly set that would say somebody's sitting there 
enjoying themselves on a hot day with their dog, which is what she does and like to do. So everything matched, everything perfectly. The sheriff made some good points. When things line up logically, it's usually because that is what happened. And even if it wasn't, it's where you have to start an investigation. Mineral County Sheriff's Office had their hands full with a missing persons case. Mineral County has only a handful of deputies with a county that's over 1,200 square miles. That's slightly bigger than the state of Rhode Island. However, the area is quite rural with only about 4,500 county residents as of 2020. In July of 2021, Rebecca Barsati's personal life was in turmoil. She and her husband, David Barsati, were separated. Prior to Rebecca disappearing, she had just met with her husband's caretaker to retrieve some personal items. Legally, David couldn't contact Rebecca or meet with her. Rebecca wasn't originally from Montana. She was an outsider. She moved there as a teenager from Virginia, where she grew up. Here is Rebecca's mom, Angela Mastrobito, talking about her daughter. Rebecca was always fun-loving. She was... Um, always had a smile on her face. She was always precocious. She loved animals right from the start. Um, I just started going through some photographs this past week. And I mean, even as an infant and as a toddler, she always had cats and dogs around her. And she loved her big brother, who was almost 10 years older than her. In fact, I found a photograph where she had insisted on dressing up in his clothes, which as a toddler, they were overwhelming on her, but she had fun. I homeschooled Rebecca. So we were, I mean, we were buddies. We were friends. And, you know, along with being her teacher, because I homeschooled her all the way through graduation. And we did all kinds of activities. We were in homeschool groups, co-ops, so that, you know, wherever I didn't have a talent, you know, than other moms who had a talent, whether it be science or art or music, then we got the kids together to do those things. And they were smaller groups, but she did uh, 4-H events. She got involved at 4-H very early. She had an interest in horses. So she carried that through from five years old learning about horses, to grooming them, to riding them when she got older. And then she also did triple S shooting in 4-H, which was an archery shooting and a skeet club. And so she did that. Rebecca was very outdoors always. I mean, she, she was a tomboy, you know, by all practical purposes. She would have rather been outside than inside sewing or cleaning or cooking. Talk a little bit about like her later teenage years and her decision to move to Montana. Rebecca graduated early. She actually graduated homeschool, high school at 16. And um, there were a few things that she was able to test out of two grades um, with the state because I had to do state testing every year. So at 16, she was all of a sudden going to Germana Community College. From an academic standpoint, that was great. From a social standpoint, it was another challenge because she was thrown in with 18 to 20-somethings. We had to 
get through that. <laughs> and um, she worked. She always worked. She worked at a jewelry store as a jewelry clerk in Spotsylvania for several years. And then um, when she was old enough to drive and get to and from town, then she worked as a server. Um, and she worked at a server at Cheeseburger in Paradise for the years that she was a teenager and, and could drive. And then she went to school. And when she was 17, her grandfather died and she took it really hard. She came home one night and she said, I'm not promised tomorrow. And none of us are promised tomorrow. And the world is too big to stay in Partlow. And I was like, okay, what are your plans? She goes, I'm thinking about it. So she came home from work a couple of weeks later and said, I'm going across country. <laughs> and um, she had been on missions trips out West and she liked the West. So we talked about it. And by the third round, she um, I knew she was adamant. She was not staying in Partlow. So she ended up driving across the United States with a friend from Cheeseburger in Paradise. And they stopped at all of the Frisbee disc golf state parks along the way. And their destination was Sandpoint, Idaho. They both thought that they were gonna be snowboard instructors because they had snowboarded in Virginia, but the season hadn't started, it was closed. So they were told to backtrack to Missoula that they would like Missoula because it was the university town, people their age. At 18 years old, she made Montana her home. And um, she's, I mean, she came home a couple times, but she always said, I love Montana, I need to go back. And um, she's always done serving, been a server most of the time. She's been a barn manager. She's worked with horses and exercised them, which is her passion. As far as livelihood, she was a server, both food and beverage. Rebecca moved to Montana in 2007 and immediately fell in love with the area, which is easy to do. How did she meet uh, David Barsati? So her and David met on the river in Montana at some, you know, I don't know if it was just people getting, because people just gather at the river, you know, for the day or for the afternoon. And it's my understanding from what Rebecca had told me that that's where they met. Talk about kind of your thoughts and feelings about when their relationship initially started and then them getting married. So I, I wasn't privy to a lot of the information um, when they were dating and when they got married, in fact, they ended up eloping. Rebecca would call and say, well, we're planning a wedding at a farm. David knows somebody with a farm and we're going to get married there. And, and before they got married, David was working in the oil field. So he would be gone for weeks at a time and then come back to Montana. And that in and of itself had its own challenges. And then just one day she called and said, we got married. And I'm like, you did? And she said, yes. And so I, I didn't know David when they got married. N neither of us did. I mean, Rebecca had spoken about him and there were plans to marry. But then all of a sudden I get a phone call. We are married. Shortly after that, I didn't hear from her for like three weeks. And when I was going through old emails on an old email account, mm -hmm. 
I found um, an email. Rebecca got married on September 3rd, 2015 at the um, courthouse, Missoula County Courthouse. So it wasn't this big grand wedding that they were going to have. And then I found the email on the 24th of September that said, are you, it scared me when I found it. It said, are you safe? I am worried. I apparently had not heard from her for the three weeks. And um, I didn't find a return email. So, I mean, all these years later, I'm guessing she called me, you know, after she got that email. Our initiation to David was completely over the phone. We didn't, they got married in 2015. We didn't meet him until... 2019. I mean, we would always try to make arrangements to go out and visit and it, it wasn't a good time. They were either just moving or David didn't feel good or he had surgery and was recuperating. And then finally in 2019, we just made plans and we went out. And that was the first time we actually met him in person. In 2015, Rebecca Rose became Rebecca Barsati, though from the beginning, there were issues in the marriage. Those first few years that they were married, uh, did you get the impression from uh, your daughter and or David that they were happy? Actually, Rebecca came home in 2016. So a year later, she came back home for a month to Virginia. And all she would tell me was that um, she and David were having problems. And so she stayed here with us for a month. And they spent a lot of time on the phone back and forth. She told her brother that David shot the TV while she was watching it. I didn't find that out until years later. And she did go back. But, you know, so that was probably the first inkling that there were problems when she called and said, I need to come home. What about from that time period, so 2016 through early 2021, what was your read? How was Rebecca talking to you about that relationship and her life throughout that period? So throughout that period, after she went home, I started getting random phone calls. David's kicked me out. And I would be like, what do you mean he's kicked you out? And, you know, this is at 10, 11 o'clock at night. She goes, well, he's kicked me out. And so she would go get a hotel room. She actually had an emergency credit card of mine that I let her keep and she would go get a hotel room there were some nights she said that it was just too late to go get a hotel so she would sleep in the truck these were random there wasn't any cyclical nature to them but they did occur and then she'd also randomly call and say I think we're splitting up and I'd say okay what's your plan well I don't know yet so then I'd wait a couple days because I wouldn't and I wouldn't hear anything so I'd call her back and I'd say, what's going on? And she goes, well, we're going to try to work it out. They moved around a lot. They kept a post office box. So it was almost impossible to keep up with where they were at. Bonner, Missoula, and Mineral County. And um, so within that same radius. In 2019, after we came back from Montana for our visit, we were there for about a week they wanted us to take one of their service dogs and we said no. And a month later, Rebecca brought the service dog out to us and we adopted her. Her name's Suka and 
But when Rebecca returned, all of a sudden she became, quote unquote, David's paid caregiver. David professes to be a disabled veteran and somehow he was able to get VA benefits. And I've got my own theory on that now that I've walked through this journey. But at that point, every three months I was getting a call. We're breaking up. We're splitting up. David's kicked me out. I don't have anywhere to go. Even though David Barsati was Angela's son-in-law, she didn't know him all that well. What was your opinion and thoughts of David when you first met him? I mean, he's very likable. He's he's a charmer. He he um, knows what to say, how to say it, how to win your confidence. Um, there's things that he would say and you'd like, what? You know, that doesn't even sound right. But then you'd just like put it to the side, you know, but it would be, there would just be things that would didn't sit right. And, but then he's such a charmer and he's got a way of being a playwright and drawing you in that you accept him. You know, I mean, at one point I called David, I loved David as my own son. In a 2018 Instagram post, Rebecca referred to David as my Marine. According to what David told Rebecca and those around Mineral County, he was a disabled veteran who had served his country through several overseas tours and engaged in significant firefights. There was even talk that he had a background in special ops and participated in numerous deadly missions as a Marine. He also allegedly suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder from the heavy fighting he experienced. Rebecca was proud to be married to such a tough and determined soldier. However, below the surface, things continued to be rocky in David and Rebecca's relationship. June 2020, Rebecca called me and said that they were splitting up. And she asked me, she goes, Mom, what do we do about the house? Because they had just bought the house in March of 2020. And I said, well, reasonable people start at 50-50. Well, forgive my French here, but that pissed David off. He was hot. And he, he told Rebecca, the house is mine. Now we've got your mother saying 50-50. And he didn't talk to me from June 2020 to January 1, 2021. And his message to me, and that I wish I still had that text. Hey, I know we've had our differences, but I hope you have a really great year. That was his message to me. Seven months later, on July 21st of 2021, Rebecca's mom, Angela, woke up to several alarming texts. But how we found out she was missing, David texted me Monday night after I went to bed. And he knew I go, he knows I go to bed early. So he timed it. The text set off a panic. And I texted her. She didn't return my text. Of course, I texted her like at five o'clock in the morning when I woke up. So it would have been three there. I called her two hours later, no response. So I reached out to my son, her brother, Antonio. And I said, Tony, when was the last time you spoke to Rebecca? Oh, a couple of weeks ago. I need you. Will she answer you if you text her or call her? Oh yeah, she'll answer me. He tried, no response. So I told him, I said, well, call Missoula. I, I, we had the kids. We had his three kids for vacation that week. So I told him, I said, call Missoula, because that's where she lived in Missoula. I said, ask them to do a welfare check. And I gave him her address. 
they went out, nothing looked remiss. So they called Tony back and I said, Tony, call Mineral County. He called Mineral County and he submitted a missing person report. Unbeknownst to us, nobody ever told us that a missing person report was called in on the 20th. They just told us it was a river accident. And so unbeknownst to us, Tony filed a missing person report. Now, this was at like 12 noon, their time. At four o'clock in the afternoon, let's see, 12 o'clock our time and then four o'clock our time. So four hours later, they call my son back and say, your sister's missing. And we believe it's a river accident. But they had that information on Monday at 557 from Montana Highway Patrol report. Yeah, I told David, I said, I'm coming out. And he goes, oh no, I've got this mom. He goes, I'll handle it. You don't need to come out here. David Barsati didn't want Rebecca's mom coming out to Montana. He framed it as if there was nothing for her to do. David had already started the process to close out Rebecca's trailer that she rented. He had already been in touch with the realtor. Rebecca had only just been reported missing. Yet David Barsati took steps as if he knew she was dead. Backing up a bit, on March 10th of 2021, the day after the incident that resulted in Rebecca and David separating and his prohibition from contacting her, she recorded this on her phone. The first portion is Rebecca loading her gun in her car, and then it transitions into her and her dog searching her house. All right, I just got home. Go check downstairs. No, come on. Check downstairs. Clear the house. Clear the house. No, let's clear the house. Watch out. Watch out. Rebecca felt that she needed to record aspects of her life, either out of fear or because she felt it needed to be documented. A little over four months after Rebecca filmed this video, she would vanish. Next time on Twisted, part two. Suspicions loom around Rebecca Barsati's disappearance. The Mineral County Sheriff's Office is handling the case, but Angela, Rebecca's mom, and Jerry, her stepfather, think their actions are far from adequate. Officially, Mineral County is doing everything they can, but behind the scenes, the victim's family and the Sheriff's Office are battling. According to Angela, Sheriff Toth told her, I wasn't even gonna look for your daughter, but my deputy insisted. That's next time on Twisted. If you'd like to listen to the entire podcast series on the case of Rebecca Barsati, go to patreon.com slash twisted podcast and become a tier two subscriber. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash twisted podcast to download and listen to all the episodes right now. Oh.
we're going to play you a clip of Criminal Conduct Season 4, Getting Away with Murder. The detectives, the coroner, the police chaplain, they all came in the corner and he said that we found your son and we have to start the process. I asked, when can we see him? Dr. Kofor is like, oh, you cannot see him. You have to wait uh, till a funeral home of your choice brings him to Chicago and then you can see him. And I said, why? And he goes, then how do you know it is Praveen? Who identified him? And he, he, the detective said, oh, we identified him. I said, how do you know it's Praveen? And he said, oh, his ID was with him. I said, my God, it could be somebody's ID. Who knows, you know? I started screaming. I said, no, you're not doing this to us. I said, you are not touching my baby until we come and say that's Praveen. And I just started screaming and I said you cannot do this to us we waited six days and now you're telling me you can't let us see him I said no I said you are not touching my baby so I think they had a long discussion in the hallway and then he came back in and then he said okay ma'am my English is broken my accent is bad but I am going to talk you know, something in me is like, hey, mom, wake up. So they took us into the uh, GI lab and they had Praveen in um, the stretcher propped up and his head was elevated. They covered him up to the neck. So we were going from his right side. Uh, so they told us not to go nearby. I said, I know I will not touch him. So they put two chairs for us. So as soon as I walk in, I think they made us made the mistake of taking us through the right side. If I went through the other side, I never would have seen the bruise on his right side. So as soon as I walk in, I see this on the forehead, the bruise. Without even realizing what I was saying, I said, who beat my kid? We all could see it, you know, like from 20 feet away, you could see the mark. Creative Babble.